We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA championship. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day. Lakers versus Grizzlies tonight. We're going to preview that matchup a bit here. We're going to talk a little bit about the injury front, what things are looking like for the Lakers right now. And we've got a little perturbing story. Excuses being made for the Clippers, shots being taken at the Lakers regarding the bubble championship. And we'll talk a little bit about that. A certain former Laker and Clipper raising eyebrows with some of the things that he had to say. We'll talk about that. We also have the mailbag to get into. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me over on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Sean Davis. Sean, you know, you've got your own show. You've got the post-post game show. I do Lakers Nation Live right after right after the games. Uh, and people have been asking, like, are Trevor and Sean still going to do shows together? Yeah, on the on the on the non game days, oftentimes we do still do this. And every once in a while, we make little surprise cameos. Every once in a while, I'll pop onto your show. You popped in for like 0.5 seconds on my show last time around, so we're we're st- we still wind up on the same show now and then, don't we? Yeah, and the 0.5 seconds is only the crap on 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 Matt for being in first place <laughs> in the listener league. That's the only re- our uh, in-house staff league is like super competitive right now. It it's, is. It's crazy. I think you're you're talking. He's talking fantasy football, by the way. Fantasy here, football. Here, folks. I think it's like five people, six and four, three people, five and five, including myself. Ryan might have like the worst record, but everybody else for the most part is really really good. So yeah, yeah, I, I am five and four, and I just picked up a win this week. So let's go, let's go. Yeah. Um, all right. So we've got a lot of stuff to get into, but I guess let's start here. Let's start on the injury front. Um, first and foremost, for for the Grizzlies game tonight, as as we're recording this, I'm sure we're gonna find out more later on in the day, but as we're recording this, LeBron James is questionable. Sounds like everything else is as expected. Jared Vanderbilt is out. Jackson Hayes is is good to go. Anthony Davis is probable. He's going to play. Uh, Jalen Huchifino is out. Gabe Benson is out. That's the, the injury update that we have right now. Really, all we're waiting on over the course of, of the day here uh, on Tuesday is word on LeBron. Is he in or is he out? But yesterday, we did get some really exciting news about Jared Vanderbilt. So let's talk a little bit about that. We got the injury update, the Lakers, like people have been asking for a few days because we all knew this was about when Jared Vanderbilt should get reevaluated officially from, from the Lakers. He is going, he was cleared to begin his progression towards return. So that means the healing in his foot, the doctors were looking to see for that left heel bursitis, it's happening. And that means doctors are, are okay with him getting out of the court and start getting ready to come back and play. Um, when that will be, we don't know yet. He's probably been off his foot quite a bit, so it may take a little bit of time for him to ramp up. But, Sean, what does this do to the Lakers' rotation when Jared Vanderbilt gets back? Maybe it's this weekend. Maybe it's a week later. I don't, I don't know. But whenever he's back, what does it do? I think it, one, I think it kind of just times your rotation up to where you'll probably get a real, your first real look at it potential 10-minute rotation. Hopefully Gabe can be back by then as well because I think your starting five when Vando gets back is D'Lo, Torian, Vando, Braun, AD. And I think off the bench, it's 
Gabe, Austin, Cam, Ruby, and Christian Wood. And I think one of the reasons why I said this on the post-post game show the other game was the reason why I haven't like lost hope or I'm not like, you know, really complaining or panicking for the most part about this Lakers team yet is we have yet to see their best perimeter defender on, on the team. Honestly, mm-hmm. the best perimeter defender and their second best perimeter defending guard in in uh Gabe Vincent. Yeah. We haven't seen those guys recently. And Gabe since what the second game of the year and Vando since literally the first preseason game. And the Lakers are still what somehow what fifteenth in like half court defensive efficiency or whatever, which is crazy. Now that is all Anthony Davis, literally, and give some credit to Cambridge as well. But this team, I think it's we're gonna see why I felt so confident in this team mm-hmm. being my finals pick at the uh back in the preseason. So I think we're gonna see this team get super, super versatile. I can't wait to get Vando back. I also did mention as well that if you could somehow get Bando back by Dallas next week, I don't know how realistic yes. that is, but that would be so good to get him back for that game. Luca um, is praying that doesn't happen. Lu- oh my gosh, yeah, Luca is. Yeah, I really, I really, really hope we get him back for that game somehow. Otherwise, it's probably going to be another camera starting game, which isn't necessarily a bad thing at this point. The way he's played recently. Um. The Lakers, if they can get Vando back, what's interesting is that, you know, when Cam Reddish first went into the starting spot, and this is, look, I I, I thought Cam, my thought was Cam was not going to hang on to the starting job, that, uh, that Jared Vanderbilt would come in and take that starting job away. But Cam has been great and give him all the credit. He's been absolutely fantastic um, the past couple of games. And if he keeps this up, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Like if he keeps playing like this, you can't pull him out of the starting lineup. And I, I hope he does. Fingers crossed. That's a great problem to have. I hope he keeps playing like this. But I'm curious to see how the Lakers utilize Jared Vanderbilt if Cam Reddish keeps playing this well and you're running that D-Lo Cam. I don't think you can pull Torian Prince out of the starting five. Uh, not to insert Jared Vanderbilt anyway, because then you've got some shooting concerns. So Prince, LeBron, AD, Cam, and D'Lo, that just may be the starting lineup moving forward here. And then Vando is kind of used in a utility role off the bench, but then he's, you know, fighting with Rui for minutes and Christian Wood is in in that mix as well. And you've got some, it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers navigate that. I know Cam's playing well, but I I think at the very, I think they're going to go to uh, Vando first. Do you think they will? And, And then like, like you said, okay. I don't know though. I, I think they'll go to Vando first. I think I'll, I'm sticking with. It. I think they'll go Vando first. We'll see. We'll see what what happens there. Again, Cam has been been fantastic. I liked what we've seen out of him. If he keeps doing this, then um, it's going to give them a tough decision. Which is that's all you can a ask from the, from the coaching side. All you can ask your players is make the make it a tough decision on me, right? Show me that everybody deserves to be out there. And right now, Cam is doing a great job of showing that he he should be out there on the floor, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, Sean, I, I didn't we didn't talk about this before the show, but I put out there ten games in. I put it out there on, um, I guess X we have to call it. Um, the Lakers' current stats, ten games in, and just real quick, let's. What are you thinking here? in terms of what the Lakers, where the Lakers rank. You can see their offensive rating, 23rd, their defensive rating, 22nd, their net rating, 24th in the NBA right now. Uh, Three-point percentage, 29th. These are all bad things. The thing they're the best at right now, free throw attempts, they rank fourth there. Fouls drawn, those two things go hand in hand. They rank third there. Um, Their offensive rebounding percentage is... Not good. Um, if you eventually go over to, to those numbers, their opponents points in the paint, their opponents points in the paint are not terrible, 21, but opponents second chance points, 30. They're dead last in second chance points for opponents. There's a lot here that I think there's more here that's concerning when I look at the Lakers rankings than there are that you say, wow, that's fantastic. Yes, they're keeping their turnovers down. Yes, they're blocking a lot of shots. Those things all stand out, but 
how do you feel right now about this team 10 games in? Like, do you look at the at where the Lakers rank in all these key areas and it makes you concerned? Or do you think there's a little more to this? I think I think the the one of the fun that one of the best things that when I looked at the data, there's a lot of the same stuff we looked we talked about on the postgame show the other night was that one the Lakers like you have you have the free throw rate and, and stuff like that they're fourth right but they're also again still the best team in the NBA defending without fouling so like that mm-hmm. is like a staple for this Lakers team we're going to get to the foul line and we're going to defend without fouling and that's been super super fun to see this team I think that was something we said is this team going to be able to do that again when you don't have Dennis and I think that's really mm-hmm. the guy we were kind of thinking about yeah, they're, and, they're ninth in fouls committed and third in fouls drawn. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they do great. a great job in that. Um, I think this team has put a bigger emphasis on being a good transition team in both ways, mm-hmm. and I think it's panning out for them. Um, I, I'm not where, – where are they in offensive rating, 23rd? Yeah, 23rd, and then they are um, – 22nd defensive rating, 24th yeah, rating. That's not, like, let me – that, that's they, a team that should be two and eight, like they were last year. Right? But this year's team has just found ways to win games. We're we are at five and five. Where, like yep. I said again, you have not had your best perimeter defender on the floor. Your shooters have gotten good shots, and they just haven't hit anything yet. No, like D'Angelo Russell is not a twenty-eight percent three-point shooter. Austin Reese is not a thirty-one percent three-point shooter. Uh, Torian Prince has to hit a, a three in a few games now. Like, yeah. this isn't you have a Christian Wood should not be your number one three point shooter, and it feels like he rarely ever hits threes, at least for this Lakers team. So, like, the the shoot the positive shooting regression that we're gonna get eventually from Dilo, from Austin, from Torian. Now, I'm gonna throw in there. You tell me Gabe Vince is a 7.1% three point shooter. Like when we start to get these things from these guys, I think the process, I think the process will be like, oh my gosh, look, the Lakers are finally doing XYZ, where it's like, no, they've been doing XYZ for a little while now. It's just that, you know, XYZ is actually leading to points finally where they just weren't. And I think these past few games, um, uh, was, was Miami after the Orlando blowout? Is that right? Uh, yeah. yes. Okay. So, Miami. Wait, no, Miami the first time. Or Orlando the yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, played yeah. or you went to Orlando first, then Miami. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yep. So three out of the past four games, I think the offensive process has been awesome from, from Hammond Co. Where mm-hmm. they've gotten good shots for the most part. They've added wrinkles to the playbook. And like Braun has 30. Austin kind of makes his little revival in that game. You suck against Houston. Uh, but Phoenix and Portland, I thought they were rock stars in those two games. And I think we're starting to see the process really get on track with the staff. I think they're finally starting to realize that we are not a drop coverage team this year. We are a switch and hedge team. So, I don't know. I feel good about where we're at right now at 5-5. Five and five. Yeah, Let's I mean, we're, we're at a point where this team, like you said, if there is any kind of regression coming from three, and I don't think, I think they're like a 29% from three team right now. I don't think that's what they really are. I don't think that's that's the reality. I think they're probably close. They might be a 33% shooting from three team, but that makes a big difference. They might even be 35%. And if so, they're, you know, they're probably like ranked 20th, maybe, maybe somewhere as high as 15, they'd probably top out there. But if they could just be an average shooting team from from deep, that would go a long way. And like you said, they're starting to generate pretty good looks. So can you knock those shots down? That's going to be the big question for this team. And that's going to go a long way towards determining, you know, how successful they are or aren't. But I also think when I look at the numbers that are out there right now, in terms of where the Lakers rank, yes, they don't look great, but I also think they're very reflective of a team that's had tons of pieces shuffling in and out. And so there's lots of chaos in the lineups and in the rotations. And it's not anybody's fault. It's just, it is what it is because you've had so many different guys that have been injured. I'm curious to see what those numbers will look like at the 20 game mark. I'm curious to see what that looks like. I think the foul drawing, Sean, is real. I, I think, think that's, that's real. real. I think the three point, I, this is, if I had to guess or make a prediction by the by the 20 game mark, I think they will not be dead last in three point percentage. 
I think oh, that's going to come not. up. They Yes. Their net rating will be higher than 24, which is where they're yeah. at right now. I think that's going to come up. And by the way, net rating, I'm talking about where they rank relative to the rest of the NBA. So that's out of 30. Right now, they're 24th out of 30. I think that's going to come up significantly. I think, again, the foul shooting, I think, is real. Uh, I think the points scored will go up as the three-point percentage goes up as well. I think there's a lot of room for upward movement here in a lot of these categories where it's also reasonable to expect them to have improvement in those in those areas. So I'm still optimistic, and I, uh, I think these numbers are going to look a lot better at the 20-game mark than they do right now. Is there any category that you're nervous about taking a, a dive? I agree with all the stuff you said, by the way, about what's mm -hmm. factual, what's not. Yeah, uh, it's the turnovers. Uh, it's ranked seventh right now in the NBA in turnovers. They're playing at a slower pace, uh, just 20, 20 second in pace, and they're doing a nice job not turning the ball over. But when you have a lot of, for lack of a better word, I guess a lot of turnover in the roster itself, a lot of players coming and going, that can create some sloppy play on the offensive end, and that leads to a lot of turnovers. So that's one of the things I'm going to be keeping a real eye on is can the Lakers stay that careful and stay in the top? Can they remain top 10 in turnovers? I don't know for sure if they can as you get you know LeBron coming in, coming and going, and you know Jared Vanderbilt comes back, and is Cam Reddish staying in the starting lineup, and we still get all these things kind of in flux. That's the one that I look at and say, well, are they really top 10 in terms of taking care of the basketball on offense or will that eventually start to slip? Yeah, I think that first off, the reason why you are top 10 or whatever was the seventh you said. Mm -hmm. Seventh. Okay. Right D'Lo is doing a freaking great job of taking care of the ball. He is yeah. at 1.9 turnovers per game this year. Austin's only at 2.4. It's really Braun that's kind of turned the ball over a ton. He's at mm -hmm. four right now, but I think that number is going to drop eventually. So I don't know. I think, I think this Lakers team, I don't know where they were at last year. Let me try to find that real quick, but mm -hmm. I do think this team for the most part, I think at the very least, they'll be able to hover around that top 12 or so range where last year, this Lakers team, they were 11th. They are so spot on right where I'm kind of thinking here. They were 11th to turnover percentage last year but also kind of like last year's team which i think is also going to be the same thing this year's team isn't the best at creating turnovers last year's team was second to last in terms of opponent turnover mm -hmm. percentage this year's team is actually gonna be a little bit higher than that because they are switching and they are hedging a little bit more but this year's team is 18th in terms of opponent turnover percentage so that is a massive improvement, and I want to fact check. It might be no, no. I was right. I thought I hit offense rebounding, but nope, I was right. So they got to be better at forcing turnovers, and they happen so far, and take care of the ball. So that and free throw rate is, I think, two staples of this Lakers identity. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Lakers Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies just beat the Clippers. All Clippers right. Suck. I like that. I like that. The Grizzlies are two and eight on the season. They are uh, not. They have not been a good team. Obviously, they're, they've been missing their middles. They've been uh, no Stephen Adams, no Brandon Clark, John Morant. Did you say also, middles. Yeah. Okay. I have to call them centers. I because I was going Brandon. I should have said I should have said bigs, but I went with volleyball terminology. Middles? Whatever it just it came in. Like, for the for the Grizzlies like game like you've never said middle. anything while you're mid sentence <laughs> and you and you just tripped yourself up, Mister Car Realtors over here. Come on, okay. I can call centers middles if I want to. I would argue I mean, that middles is worse than Car Realtors. Because what 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 if you don't know who a middle is? See, you, 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 you know, tell me everybody you know. knows what a car realtor is. What is that? <laughs> You're selling a you're selling a home and a car, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is see. This is why people ask us to do more shows together. Shut off the rail. <laughs> so the Grizzlies. Anyway, they're missing their centers, <laughs> Brandon Clark and Stephen Adams. They are two and eight on the season. John Morant is still uh, serving a suspension, but 
you saw against the Clippers, they started Bismack Biombo, who they picked up off the, the free agent market. Everybody's wondering where he was going to sign. Actually wound up being very smart by Biombo to wait and sign with a team that needed not just a center, but a starting center. So that definitely helped them out quite a bit. In fact, he played he played over 30 minutes against the Clippers. So I would expect to see Bismack Biombo on the floor a lot uh, against the Lakers uh, tonight. So what does this mean? Because I don't, I know everybody looks at the Grizzlies and say this team's terrible. And it's fun to dunk on the Clippers and say, well, you just lost to the worst team in the West. Again, in terms of what's real and what's not, I don't think, even if even if John Morant was out for the season, I don't think this Memphis Grizzlies team would finish at the bottom of the table in the Western Conference. I think they would move up. I'm not saying they'd be a playoff team, but they would be ahead of Portland. They'd be ahead of San Antonio. They'd be ahead of Utah. They would finish up, up higher than those teams. So... How do we approach this this matchup? Is this just a game the Lakers should win if they just go take care of business? Or do you think this Grizzlies team, now that they've got Biombo in the middle to give them another presence there, do you think they're more dangerous than what their record indicates? I think they're more dangerous than what the record indicates. I don't think it's because of Biombo necessarily, but I okay. think they are a better team than what the record indicates because we talked about this on the on a weekly preview for All-Stars uh, as for Lakers Station membership program. Um, at the time they had lost, they were what two and seven or one and one and eight, I think maybe one and one and seven, they're two and eight. Now they were one and seven when we did our all-stars preview video, which by the way, is an extra, it's a bonus video that the all-star tier members get that previews the entire week, breaking down all the matchups and what to watch for and, and all of that. So it's one, of, it's one of several perks that are offered to our YouTube channel members. Right. And you know, at that time, we were it actually still stands up true. One, two, three, four, five, six of their eight losses this season have been by seven points or less. And that includes mm-hmm. a four point loss to the defending champs in the Denver Nuggets, yep. a six point loss at home to the Heat, a two point loss to the Blazers, a seven point loss to the to the Pelicans, seven point loss to the Wizards, six point loss to the Jets. Like, this is realistically like a four and six team. Is that so good? No, not necessarily, but this is not the worst team in the West bad, which I think is the point Trevor was trying to get at. And if you just, for some reason said, yeah, we're just not going to roll the ball and, you know, go play basketball. Yeah. This team could probably beat you. Desmond Bain is really, really good. He's averaging almost 27 points per game this season. He's shooting 45% from the field, 35% from three. And he is, Letting that mug go right now. He He's is putting up shots. 22 shots a game. I'm rounding up, but 22 shots a game plus four free throws. Like he's getting up shots, right? So a Desmond Bain eater, and you're in for a long one, right? So you have to actually go out there and, you know, actively try to play basketball. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is still a good player. Marcus Martin's going to make it tough on your guards. Luke Kennard, you can't have the Luke Kennard uh, random blow-up game that happens for every shooter in the NBA against the Lakers for some reason. Mm-hmm. But this is a bad team for sure. But, like, you, you have to go out there and beat them. And that's why, I mean, again, this kind of what the NBA wanted, right, where there isn't a team in the NBA that I look at their roster and I look at their team and I say, yeah, you could probably just roll the ball out of the floor and you probably would still beat them by like 10 or whatever. The only team that kind of comes to my mind is Washington. That's the only team in the NBA that look at them. I'm like, okay, if you play this game half sleep, you'll probably be fine. Right. But the other 28 teams, including the Grizzlies, you got to go play and just take care of business. So yes, this is a game. The Lakers should win. Just take care of business, get it over with. Don't have LeBron. If he does play an AD Mm -hmm. having to play 35, 36 minutes, because I think you need both of them to beat Sacramento the next night. So this is a pretty important game, in my opinion, just uh, what you call it, the, uh, the checkbox game. What would you call it? What, a, a a get right game? Is that what you're thinking? No, or the, uh, not like almost like a gimme game. We got like a specific wording for it. Oh, oh, it's a it's a workman's game. It's a it's it's a business type game. You just go in, you check all the boxes, do all the things you check need to boxes, do. Maybe. I don't know. Yep. And then and then you. And then you you put the win in the bank and you move on to the next one. That's what it um, The problem is, John, that Memphis, they're not – I think you're right. I think ideally 
especially if LeBron does play in this one, you're playing Sacramento on the second night of a back-to-back tomorrow. And so ideally, especially if LeBron plays, you want to, and we haven't seen one of these games yet, you want a wire-to-wire blowout, easy breezy win for the Lakers. Memphis isn't that team though. They're going to fight you tooth and nail all the way through pun intended there with the Grizzlies. But um, you mentioned Des Bain. Sean, last year, you, you don't have his stats in front of you, do you? Uh, I I'm hoping the answer is no. Oh, you do? Okay. I was oh, going to well. say, I was going to try to get you to guess how many threes he's taken right now. Oh, wait, no, 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 I'm not looking. Okay. All right. So last season, Desmond Bain averaged th- seven threes per game attempted. How many do you think he averages this season? I actually think I might have seen this one. Nine, it's like nine and a half. It's 10. Well, 9.9. Okay. So he's he's taken not not just a few, not just like one three more something, actually a lot. He's taking three three point attempts per game more. Now again, John Morant is out right now. He's shooting a thirty five percent clip. If he happens to go on a heater on that volume, if he shoots fifty percent from three, that's an extra like six points that you're tacking on. That's and that could be yeah. all the difference maker in 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 games. And like you mentioned, the Grizzlies games have been really close. So that's a key, I think, for this one is. Defense on Desmond Bain, and that's where, and maybe we didn't expect this during the summer. I think Cam Reddish has got to is going to have to do a lot of chasing on on Des Bain tonight. I'm trying to see really quickly, like, okay, so they run still a ton of ball screens, like that is their where they get the most of their offense from. It's like out of ball screens. Is it D? I'm assuming it's D Bain, right? Hold on, they ran 358 like ball screen possessions this season. Desmond They'll Bain's run getting some stuff for smart. They'll run, you know, but D Bain's getting 36.9% of that. But the ball screen offense around D Bain, like on pass outs, hasn't been great. Even when D Bain is the guy scoring, it hasn't been that great. It's been fine. But the one thing with Desmond Bain is teams have really been able to like force him to turn over the ball. On ball screens, he's like for him scoring possessions. He's only turn he only has a turnover percentage of 7.4%, yeah. which is really, really good. So you're not going to be able to turn the ball over, uh turn turn him over a ton. And if you try to hedge, even then, like that number only goes up to like 11.8%. So it'll, I'd be really, really curious to see how the Lakers do match up with him. They run some off-screen stuff for him still, which is a little one of the reasons why I was like, and do you go Cam Reddish? But probably your only option here is just go Cam Reddish. So, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think you go Cam Reddish on Desmond, assuming everybody's healthy. Mm-hmm. So the starting five is D'Lo, TP, uh, Braun, Cam, and AD. AD on, were they starting Biombo and Jaren yeah. Jackson? So, and the, the idea behind that is to put Biombo on the bigger threat. So Biombo would defend AD, which I would do the same thing if I'm the Lakers. If I'm, you know, whether it's LeBron or Rui or, or whoever, I, I'm putting some, I'm not putting AD on Jaron Jackson. I'm using him as the weak side shot blocker, which is what we saw them do against Memphis in the playoffs this past year. I'm putting uh, AD on Biombo and Biombo will guard AD. And then, um, and then I'm asking somebody else to defend Jaron Jackson. If it's LeBron, that's got to do it. Uh, maybe that's not ideal, but Rui, I think I'm certainly putting on on Jared Jackson if LeBron isn't a go uh, for this game, and uh, and then you go from there. So they're starting five. Uh, they started Jacob Gilliard. I think I pronounced that right. Mm-hmm. He's a first year player out of Richmond. He's shooting 45 percent from three this year. He's only played like really like six games. Uh, he he may have, he had four threes against. Utah the other night, but their starting five is him, it's D Bain, it's Marcus Smart, it's Biombo, and it's Jaron Jackson. So LeBron on Jaron on a uh, Jaron Jackson, AD on Biombo. Um well typically they'd be starting uh Zaire Williams, but he was uh was out due to injury um in that game, or I believe it was injury. So that last game, I don't see him on the injury report currently. So maybe he's a go for um for the the game against the the Lakers. Okay, so it's Marcus Mar, Bain, Zaire Williams, like you said, mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson, Biombo, LeBron on Biombo. No, LeBron and Jaron Jackson, AD on Biombo, 
like you said, for the weak side, help stuff. Um, D'Lo on Marcus Smart, Cam Reddish on D-Bane, and then, yeah, Torian Prince on Zaire. I, I, I like that. Yeah. Or, yep. yeah, yeah, I think I'll do that. I think that's that's exactly exactly what they're going to wind up doing. All right. Um, so, Williams, let's see. Williams did come back. So, he had been dealing with a hip injury. Oh, he did play a little bit against the Clippers. That's what I'm seeing here. He played a little bit against the Clippers, but um, but wasn't much because he was dealing with a with a hip injury. So I would imagine he's going to be more in the mix this time around. Yeah, he did. He came off the bench, only played nine minutes, but he had been starting for them uh, prior to that. So yeah, I think that's um, probably he'll probably go back into the starting lineup for them. But regardless, this is I guess bottom line because we we need to. We need to talk a little bit about Lou, Lou Williams here for a minute, but oh um, yeah, about that. The Lakers should win this game. They're the favorite to win this game. They're not as heavy of a favorite as they were um, if for their for the last game against the Blazers. They are a favorite right now to win this game. If they don't show up for this game, though, if they don't bring it for this game, the Grizzlies can and will beat them. You have to put this team away. So the biggest thing, the Lakers need to be focused. Again, see if you can solve those first quarter woes. Protect the glass. Don't give up so many offensive rebounds, which actually did well in both those areas uh, against the Blazers. Continue doing that, and uh, and then you should be in good shape. And if you can, you know, occasionally hit a three and avoid a Desmond Bain heater, then you should be in good shape here. Just occasionally hit a three. Don't don't hit. Don't go like four for twenty from three. No. Um, Stay undefeated at home. You're debuting. You're playing, not playing, you're in-season tournament. That's right. Uh, the, the court. court. Everybody bring your sunglasses because that thing's going to be bright. I, I saw the Lakers post it. I know it's probably going to look way different with yeah. like the broadcast, stuff like that. But like from just the picture they posted from inside the arena, this looks pretty good Like in comparison to a lot of the other ones. It's not as bad as I thought. It, I thought it was going to be like, I thought there was just going to be a glow coming off of that court, right? Um, And it's not. It's a little bit more muted. Again, I'm curious to see what it looks like on the TV camera, but uh, I'm I'm optimistic with it. I don't think – I still don't think it looks great. There's some people saying, oh, this is the best one by far and all that. Might be. It it might be, but that's a pretty low bar because some of them look really bad. Um, It's not like my favorite thing, but – my f- concern that it was going to be this overwhelmingly bright yellow looks like that's not going to be the case. And hopefully, hopefully that's you true the, when uh, we when we see it on TV cameras. Put the black jersey. Who put the black jerseys on this? This has potential. Just don't ever wear your your golden air quotes. Oh no! Everybody will disappear. They'll disappear. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you gotta wear Phoenix. you gotta wear either the purple jerseys or the black jersey, and that's what they're wearing. They're wearing the new white? city editions. Yeah, you could wear the white on that. You could. Yeah. Anyway, all, all right, right. Let's talk so, about some idiots. Let's do that. So the the Lakers take on the Grizzlies tonight. Come join us over on Playback Playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Watch the game directly with us. All right. Before we get into our mailbag, Lou Williams. So. I'm sure by this point, a lot of people have probably seen the clip. He was on Trey Young's podcast from the point. And this is what Lou Williams said um, regarding the Clippers and the bubble and all of that. He said, I'm quoting here, it was a struggle to get us to the bubble to begin with. We didn't even want to go. We started to hear rumblings that nobody is going to respect this championship. So we kind of took our foot of just took our foot off the gas. So people are jumping all over this that Lou Williams is suggesting. And look, prior to this, he was talking about, hey, mentally, it was difficult. We didn't we didn't really want to be there. You know, we're away from our families, all that, all that kind of stuff. There's, you know, staying in this. And again, people think, oh, it's Disneyland. It's so nice. Yeah, but you're out of your environment for this long, right? For that long of a period of time, guys were getting it, it was a mental toll that it was taken on these guys. But then he throws in that little bit that we heard that this championship wasn't going to be respected, so we took off, took our foot off the gas. 
And Sean, well, up until that point, I was with him. I was like, look, yep, it was a mental challenge. And you know what that means? Give even more credit to the Lakers for being that mentally locked in and focused when obviously other players were not capable of, of doing that. Um, give credit to the Lakers for being able to stay focused on that on that goal. But then he threw in the bit about, well, but we heard we heard that this isn't going to be as respected of a championship. So we took our foot off the gas. You had a 3-1 series lead. So you're telling me you were up 3-1 and then you heard and by God, if it comes out that it was LeBron telling them this, then that will be absolutely legendary. You heard and believed you believed that this championship oh wasn't going to be as, as respected. So you went, man, we don't even really want it. That like, I get being homesick. I get wanting to, wanting to get out of there, wanting to be done. I understand all of that. But when you say we heard it wasn't going to be that respected. So we went, man, we're, you know, we're good. When you had a three, that's what caused you to blow a three, one series lead. He had me until that point at that, but that's ridiculous. And if the Clippers really did that, then whoever was feeding them that, that this wasn't going to be all that respected and it actually worked needs to go down in NBA lore forever because that is absolutely legendary stuff. Whoever it was that was in their ear telling them, oh, this isn't going to even going to be that respected of a championship. How much time do I have to uh, discuss this? I'll give you, we've got about five minutes left in this segment and then we got to get into the mailbag. Okay. I only need to. Um this is just like complete. How many times are we going to like continue to just let these Clippers players just keep talking and trying to make up just stupid excuses for the fact that you blew a three, one lead in and you guys went out, you guys, you guys did all the, the promotions, all the talk or whatever to like boost up. Oh, now this is our city now or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And the entire year lights you know, over lot- spotlights. Kawhi does the, the the commercial or whatever, right? There's a I already forget what it was. That's how relevant the Clippers franchise is. And then you have that playoff run, right? Where you are up 3-1. You had, I don't remember game six being that close, but you definitely could have closed out game five. And then your best players had the one of the worst star performances ever. In a closeout game seven, you had three straight chances to put away a team to get the Laker-Clipper matchup. The, the NBA was desperately wanting, that yep. you desperately wanted, and you failed. So stop making cop-out BS excuses to, to like, say, to, to pass over the fact that you failed. Again, if you had just said the, the, like, mental health stuff, okay, cool, I'm with you, like Trevor said. But this, how many other, how many players are we going to hear from the Clippers team? Who's next? Kawhi Leonard that's going to say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, I just didn't want to be there. And, uh, you know, LeBron told me that if I let him win, that uh, the, the people are going to disrespect the champ. Like, and that's also the other thing. The only reason why that people talk bad about the championship is because LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers won the title. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. Let Miami win the championship. We don't hear it. Jack ish about that championship being an asterisk because we're going to say look at jimmy look at spo spo doesn't need lebron that is the headline on a freaking espn article the next day spo doesn't need braun greatest nba championship ever instead it's four years later it was still discrediting one of the greatest and most hardest championships in sports history give me a freaking break yep i agree you can drop the mic on that one. Um, again, so maybe I shouldn't be surprised at this point, but yeah, to suggest what they're suge- what Lou Williams was suggesting there, my goodness, absolutely, you know, ridiculous stuff. It's ridiculous so stuff. dumb. It's so dumb. The Lakers were the best team the entire year. Literally, there was never a point in that year where you can make a legitimate argument for yeah. almost anybody. They- the best team won, and it wasn't like the Lakers were the eight seed and looked terrible all season, and then suddenly looked looked like superhuman in the bubble. And then you could say, "Well, was something funny going on here?" Because it's the bubble and all that. No, they were the yeah, best the team NBA all season. They won the championship. That that tends to happen in sports. They had the guy that you could have made the argument for winning MVP. They had a guy that you could have made the argument to win Defensive Player of the Year. They had mm-hmm. the best record in the West, and 
the entire playoff run, there was a narrative of, oh, man, I don't know how the Lakers are going to get out of here where they got the oh, – yeah. the, They got the hardest draw. The best eighth seed ever. Oh, yep. how are they going to be Harden at Westbrook? One of the toughest four seeds ever. Oh, oh my goodness. How are they going to be Jokic and Murray, which ironically is now like this like <laughs> horrible problem. How do you be Jokic and Murray? But at the time, it was how do you be Jokic and Murray? Oh, man. It's how are they going to beat Spo? And they basically ran through all four of those teams except game five, Jimmy Butler in the finals. Like, and and that was you know, and Danny Green hits that three, and it's and it's over in five. It's over in five. Although, yep. Braun probably should have just taken the shot. But that's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. <laughs> All right, let's get into our mailbag. We'll go rapid fire through that. But first, we need need to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Kick things off with Underdog. You know, Underdog Fantasy, absolutely phenomenal stuff. They are the fastest growing fantasy sports app out there. They do a wonderful, wonderful job, and it's very, very simple. All you have to do with Underdog is you're picking higher or lower. Um, That's it for a stat total in this week's games for a chance to win big. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Again, very, very simple, very easy to use. One of the things that I really love about Underdog Fantasy. All you got to do is download the app, and you are all set to go. Uh, You can pick between two and five players and build your pick-em entry, so however many players you want to put in there, it can be up to five, and uh, and then you can play. It is, again, very, very easy, something you can do quickly on the fly, up to you how it is that you want to play. So you can sign up today with the promo code LakersNation and get your first deposit doubled up to to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com. Or find them in the App Store. Don't forget to use our promo code LakersNation to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit uh, www.ncpgambling.org. That is Underdog Fantasy. And need to give a shout-out to Game Time. You guys have heard us talking about game time. Game time is a great way to get tickets to your favorite event because buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. It's the easiest way to find and buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. In fact, I just used game time last week to take my daughter to her first NBA game. She had an absolute blast and was super, super simple. One of the things I love is that game time sends the tickets right to your phone. You don't have to go like dig through your email when you're when you're at the gate to get in, which is always frustrating. No, they send them right to your phone. You've got them right there. You get in, you go, you enjoy your evening, and you have a great time. It's also a great place for last-minute ticket deals, and they have the game time guarantee. And what that is is that if you have you find tickets that are in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are that you are going to get the best deal with game time. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use our code Lakers nation for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code Lakers nation for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Sean, let's get into the mailbag. We'll go rapid fire here. Uh, most of these comments are coming from the post game from Lakers versus Blazers. Uh, Philly said another thing, Trevor, if changes are made, isn't the challenge successful, like changing from a continuation to not. Uh, so we've seen this before sometimes where uh, a challenge is successful, but it doesn't really benefit the team uh, that was challenging. For example, like uh, player X is accused of fouling a player is whistled for a foul on a, a shooting foul and they challenge it, and it turns out the player Y fouled the, the fouled the shooter instead. I hate those. Uh, right? Like that happens where they say successful challenge, but it's really just going over onto another player, so it's not really successful. Um, if changes are made, doesn't that automatically make it a successful challenge? It depends on what exactly is being challenged and what the call was. In the case of Rui Hachimura, they were challenging that the block that was called on Jeremy Grant on that play was actually a charge on Rui Hachimura. The referee said, no, it is still a block on Jeremy Grant. 
they the just continuation play. Oh my goodness! Right, bad. they just altered the continuation piece to it. That's what. Uh, Yoda Master said, "If Clips bomb is Harden's career tarnished for good, I don't think for good. Like he's still you're not you're not taking away the fact that he was a league MVP or anything he's like that. That's not you, there's no erasing that. Um, but this isn't this certainly it's not going to help his legacy or anything if he." If he spends the last few years of his career bouncing around, unhappy with every team, can't seem to make it work, and you look at what's happening, like especially with what's happening in Philly right now, with Tyrese Maxey going nuts and Philly looking really good now without him, yeah, that's not great either. So it doesn't help anything. It doesn't enhance anything. But I don't think this tarnishes his accomplishments up to this point. No, he's still a Hall of Famer. I, I will say this, though. Like, can we please stop the uh, the James Harden's better than Dwayne Wade stuff then, please? Like, all oh, that's time. That's a good point. Like, that should not – I never want to hear that again after the past few years. But, like, career-wise, he could probably argue Harden's prime is maybe about like that couple-year stretch, right? But, um, yeah, I, I, he's still a Hall of Famer, so it's going to be hard to completely tarnish it. Still a Hall of Famer. All right. <laughs> so this one, one, Matt, the optimist Peralta is on here. And so, you know, I don't, maybe Piers here needs to just, you know, jump into Matt's DMs or something, but said, Matt is looking scrumptious. All right. Hey, I uh, think his Twitter handle is underscore Matthew Peralta. Matt, you can thank me later. Yeah. Yeah. You go, go check that out. Uh, this one said, uh, I Jacks fits Isaiah Jackson. in the, the uh, traded player exception. Do you think they'd, Move him for two for second round picks. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I think they'd they'd want they'd want more there. Um, all right, legend. Who fits better, Javon Carter or Gabe? I'm a big fan of Javon Carter's game. I've I have a hard time. I am very biased on this one, Sean. I've had Javon Carter in my target list for a couple of years now. What what do you think? I mean, it's kind of hard to pass up a guy that's shooting like 50% from three right now. Not a ton of like sample. Never mind. Three and a half threes per game. I'm going to shut my mouth. Um, I don't know, man. I think Javon's the better defender. And if he's shooting at that volume, I mean, and mm-hmm. like that efficiently, then I think the answer is probably Javon Carter. But I don't know if you can justify like politic wise, justify trading Gabe Vincent for Javon Carter. When he could have just no. signed Javon Carter in the summer. Well, if, if Javon Carter wanted to come into that role, there's certainly a question there. But, uh, sure. but I think we also have to keep in mind that we've yet to like Gabe Vincent has done some things that you know endeared him to Heat fans. Certainly that you know made him a, a big buzz name during the during the postseason. We haven't seen any of that. He's shooting seven percent from three and then got hurt. We haven't gotten to see what made Gabe Vincent such an exciting signing. So again, I think it's. I, I think it's way too early, especially because we're talking about just a couple of games here that Gabe Benson actually played uh, to to just be out on him and say, oh, just get rid of everybody else that got signed was better. I'm still hopeful that when he does come back, we're going to start to see the stuff that made Gabe Benson such a, an attractive player on the market. Nope, get uh, rid of him. <laughs> Edward said so they keep acting like this is some new stuff. LeBron James has been watching Cam since he was in high school. Everybody knows that boy is cold. This is only new to y'all. Cam definitely was cold shooting the ball up until this point <laughs> in his career. He had, I mean, he had some, some hot streaks I'm, too, I'm but look, there's, this one. here's the thing, right? I want Cam to be great. I want Cam to fulfill all his potential. I love it. If Cam becomes the breakout star of the season and he winds up with the Lakers for the next 10 years, that that's a dream scenario. That would be phenomenal. But I don't think in the case of Cam Reddish, you can look at Cam and say, oh, I told you so. I knew all along, right? This is the guy that that I believed in all, all along and, and everybody else is just stupid. Lots of really, really smart basketball people moved on from Cam Reddish from multiple teams year after year after year after year. Now, is it also possible that Cam Reddish hasn't been that great, but has grown. 
year after year after year after year, as guys who are in their early 20s tend to do. And maybe now is just finally the time that he's putting it all together. I don't think that necessarily means Cam can be great this year. That doesn't automatically mean that everybody else who passed up on him in in prior seasons was wrong in their assessment of him. And again, I hope he continues to break out. It doesn't mean that's not the case. That, that, That can happen where guys get passed up on that shouldn't. But I don't know that that was the case with, with Cam. He do, wasn't shooting the ball that great. He never really lived up to the potential that he that he had. And I hope he does this year. And we've seen a couple of glimpses of him doing it. So I hope that continues because that would be fantastic. But I don't think we can look at, at Cam in Cam and say, oh, everybody who passed up on him before was just an idiot. And everybody didn't. Everybody somehow didn't know this. I don't know how you guys didn't know how great he is. A lot of people saw that Cam had some growing to do before he could really get to where he needs to be in the NBA. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stay out of that one. Um, to go back to the Javon Carter thing, I think if you wanted to still be a drop coverage centric team, the Javon Carter makes more sense because I think he's the better screen navigator. He's one of the better screen navigating guards in general, I think. And Chicago has him mm-hmm. and Alex Caruso, who are probably like two of the top six. So kudos to them. Um, Alex, we miss you. And if you want to be more of a hedging team and a switching team, I think Gabe's the better guy. So I think kind of just depends on I'm thinking more defensive defensively. How do you want to play? So yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. And no, and nothing on Cam. He's staying out of that. <laughs> staying I'm staying out of that, out of that one. one. <laughs> I prefer um, not getting cooked. I've already ranted twice. I don't want to have, want to have a third listen, rant. I, I hope he is absolutely fantastic for the Lakers and continues going because this has been It's been great seeing what he's done. Uh, Ree said Phoenix Buns also trash. Been saying they won't stay healthy once they got Beal. I mean, that's always been the question with them. Can they stay healthy? They're very top heavy. They've not lived up to expectations this year, but they've been very, very injured. But that's also kind of what we guessed may happen with this team based on their personnel. Yep. All right, let's go. Chriso said, we got to be honest with ourselves. Based on what we've seen so far, Max probably doesn't see minutes at all when our roster is healthy. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Agree for sure. What 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 the chat wants me to say is, nope, Max Christie, give him all the minutes. Play him more than LeBron James. Play him more than that guy. Here's the thing. like That's why I'm a... Like, I think you would look at the game this way too. I'm not a fan of any specific player. I'm a fan of the team. Whatever is best for the team, that's what I want. So that's why it's funny. Like, like Edward comes back here. Lakers Nation will be hoping that when Vando gets back, he can replace Cam in the insert anything here, like in the starting lineup and the bench rotation or anything. No, we started off the show talking about how Cam, if he keeps playing like this, probably hangs on to the starting job because he's been so good. And again, I'm not hoping that any player does anything in particular. I'm hoping the Lakers win. That's it. That's end of story. Whatever it takes to get there. If that's Cam starting, if that's Scotty Pippen Jr. starting, like Sean said, whatever it is that's going to get the team to a win, that's what I want to see. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Nothing. Sean says uh, this. Sean, this one says loving what I'm seeing from Cam. I am yeah. too. Cam Absolutely. is so active on the ball, like defensively. Like he's super crazy antsy. I don't know where his stuff actually, I think you can check. I don't know where his deflection numbers are off the top of my head, but they have to be high. Like he's mm-hmm. so good in that. Let me see if I can find it. All right. While you're looking for that, Yoda said chemistry is key to solid rotations, can expect to stay solid when things are currently on the fly and seeing what can work. Injuries keep killing the flow. Yeah, that's why it's really hard to look at the team's overall stats 10 games in and say, well, this is just what they are because there have been so many players that have been in and out of the rotation. I think I was hoping to have a better sense of what this team is or isn't at this point, but most of their key rotation guys have been either in and out or just out. Tough to get a, a real read on exactly what's what with that being the case. All right. I want you to guess the three leaders for the Lakers in um, in deflections. Top three. 
Cam. Uh, give me Cam. Give, give me Cam, AD, and Christian Wood. No, Cam. None is of those two. three. Cam okay. is two. So I got one yep. at least. Two point six deflections. What about is it, is like D'Lo in there? Because with those super D'Lo long third. arms, D'Lo's okay. third. All right. So who's two. number one then? Number one is Gabe Vincent. Oh, and that obviously that's just on average. That yeah, that's just average. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going off like dark... guys I've actually played, and it's Cam D'Lo. Uh-huh. Rui's actually up there with two, and then it's AD. Oh, you know, that actually does make sense. Rui's been doing a really nice job in passing lanes. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Kill Raven said, guess guess the record for the week. I'd say three and one with the loss to Houston or Sacramento. Yeah, I think three and one is, is a reasonable expectation for this week. I think if we're healthy and everybody plays, I think I had a three and one losing to Sacramento. Second okay. time back to back. And, and getting revenge on the Rockets then, which the Rockets have been playing good basketball. Yeah. Um, Mama Mentality said, I think when Vando comes back, he's obviously starting. Off the bench should be Gabe one, or should be Gabe, Cam, Prince, Rui, and Wood. Our bench defense would be nuts. I don't think they're moving Austin off the bench. And I think it makes sense yeah. why they don't want to. Because I think, one, I think it allows Austin to just fully cook, right? And, mm-hmm. and really be the primary school. Because, like, who is scoring and you know, like who's creating offense more importantly with this second group? You'll never yeah. run straight bench lineups, but technically like there, if you needed to, or needed to run, okay, three of five bench players on the floor, you don't got a like go create offense guy. You have a throw the ball to guy offense in mm-hmm. Rui and can't, uh, excuse me, in Christian Wood. But I'm not saying Gabe Vincent go run offense or Cam Rush go offense, but it's Austin Reeves, go ahead, right? And then yeah. he's still going to close games for you. So yep. I get the logic to us to some extent, though, where like, okay, we went to Western Conference Finals with this group. Let's give it one more shot with Vando back, and then we'll make another adjustment, EB. But I don't know. I think they, they're, they're finding a, a groove potentially with Austin come off the bench, so I think they'll stick with that. All right, Mama Mentality. Oh, I got that one. Um, we've got DJ said the free throw discrepancy made a huge difference. Well, the Lakers are getting better at attacking and getting themselves to the line while also not fouling. They're, they're starting to get better at defending without fouling. It was something they actually struggled with a little bit to start the season, but it's a key piece to Darvin Ham's defensive schemes that you defend without fouling. It was something they were great at last season, and they're yeah. starting to come back around there. Yeah, I think... I think personally how I view defense, I think how this coaching staff also views defense is kind of aligned in a, in a super fun way where I think it's defend without fouling and protect the rim. And we'll worry about mm-hmm. everything else later. Right. And the Lakers, I don't have their uh, like field goal percent. Uh, hold on. I'm maybe find clean the glass when we address next uh, comment. But like that is, I think how you stop, like how you play good defense and just modern basketball in general, the best shot in, in basketball is literally a open three. My sound panel keeps falling a catch and shoot three or a shot at the rim. Okay, cool. Catch and shoot threes for the most part, like averages out to like 35% or something like that. Right. But an open layup is like a 65% shot. And I'm kind of like selling it short, like balancing out all three levels here. Right. Um, and, yeah, why not protect the rim? Have these guys, have AD, Christian Wood, who's like a good weak side rim protector, LeBron, uh, Rui even, like have these guys really protect the rim while also defending without fouling and trust our guys to get good closeouts on the perimeter. That's why at times, though, like it's it's rough. And I think or on the perimeter, and sometimes fans are going to get frustrated and we're going to see this Lakers team lose some a few games because the team just hits everything from three because they might get a couple more open threes than you might like. But when this defense, like this style of defense, for the most part produces, you know, elite results. We saw last year post trade online. I think you take it. And this Lakers team in terms of field goal percentage at the rim they're about middle of the pack in terms of field goal percentage at the rim. They were actually somehow really, really good in terms of defensive field goal percentage from three. But in terms of frequency, 
The Lakers were the eighth best team in terms of limiting shots at the rim. They're 12th this year in that. Last year, they were 22nd and three in, uh, you know, percentage of shots taken from three, right? But, man, they were that good defensively, man. Trevor, that's a really fun one. They were 22nd in terms of, like, percentage of shots taken from three. Mm-hmm. But they only gave up 8.3% of all threes coming from the corner, which is, like, analytically speaking, the most efficient three-point look. Right. Which is that, great. So trying we're trying to funnel everything away from there. Yeah, like we're you know protecting the rim with Anthony Davis. We're taking the threes you are going to take because you have to take something. Um, they're coming from the least, the lesser effective shots on the floor. Like I think that's just good defensive philosophies there by mm-hmm. Darvin. Um, all right, Josh said Lakers winning is greater than fantasy football. Good game, Trev. He's in the, the listener league for fantasy football, and I was able to get the win Charter over. By the way, big, right? big. What's that? He's a Chargers fan too, right? Is he? I don't know. He may, maybe. Um, wow, big, big trade just went down actually in our in our listener league. Um, let's see. It looks like uh, Matt Peralta picked up Christian McCaffrey for Amon and Devon A. Chain. Bye, guys. <laughs> That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good trade for for Matt. And Matt is in first place too, so he could be be securing a path to the championship here if this pans out for him. We'll see. All right, everybody. Well, thank you. Welcome in. Well, uh, welcome in. Uh, thank you for for joining the show. While Sean is is right now trying to recover from this trade that has has completely destroyed his world. <laughs> but thank you, everybody, for joining us for the show. Make sure that you do subscribe too. Uh, the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We will be over on Playback tonight, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation for Lakers versus Grizzlies. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.